Diverse voices. Unique sound. Not the same old thing. Different, different. This is NOCO FM. Hi, and welcome to Connecting a Better World, where we spend time meeting some of the most incredible human beings who make this world a better place. We will learn how each individual took their ideas, mission, and purpose to create and serve others in business and organizations that surround social good, social entrepreneurship, and social impact, and find out how we, together, can further connect others to help. I am your host, Dr. Natalie Phillips. Today, we will be talking with Yee Campbell, founder of the Young Men's Service League, Fort Collins Chapter. Young Men's Service League is a four-year program for moms and their high school sons to serve together and impact their local communities. Young Men's Service League believes that not every important lesson is learned in the classroom. Getting out into the community in order to serve and learn from others offers a wealth of knowledge and experience to last a lifetime. Young Men's Service League provides moms and sons opportunities to develop, practice, and enhance leadership skills. So today we're going to be talking with Yee Campbell, who is actually the founder of the first chapter of the Young Men's Service League, or YMSL. And we're going to learn a little bit more about YMSL today. So Yee, welcome. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Tell me a little bit more about, first of all, how you came across Young Men's Service League? Because as founder, this was the first chapter that was in Colorado. So how did you learn about it? How did you feel like, oh, this is cool. This is something that I can bring to the Fort Collins area. Tell me all about that. Sure. So two things kind of came to head. I had been in technology working a full-time career and a job for more than 20 years. And, you know, you always come across those self-help articles about are you passionate about your job? Do you wake up excited to go to work? You know, all those questions. And I read one of those and I thought, no, not really. No, (laughs) not really. And so I mentally was just looking for something more. I wanted to do something more fulfilling, something that made me feel good every day. And at that same time, my sister-in-law, who lives right outside Dallas, called me and she said, oh my gosh, my son and I just came across this most amazing organization. We just joined. We just did our first volunteer event. We put on a birthday party for kids who were foster kids. And and I was like, oh my gosh, tell me more, tell me more. And the more she talked about it, I was goosebumps all over. I'm like, this is exactly what I needed. And so I kind of stumbled across it, but it was really just this need to feel like I wanted to do something more with my life. And yet, that seemed like the perfect fit because my son at the time was only in seventh grade. So YMSL, we start recruiting our members in eighth grade. So I was a a little early, but I was so pumped up. I called Pam Rosner, who's the national founder Mm -hmm. of the organization. I'm like, Pam, I want to start this chapter. I'm in Colorado. And she goes, well, how old's your kid? Is he in eighth grade? I'm like, no, he's just finishing sixth grade. And she goes, oh yeah, (laughs) call me back, lady. (laughs) So that's kind of how it got started. I went and I talked it up with all my friends and got a big group of women. There was actually 10 of us total on the founding board. And I got them all geared up and all excited and from there, we just took off. Wow, exciting. Yeah. Okay, and I'm so excited about this because we're starting now the second chapter 
in Colorado, which uh-huh. just happens to also be in northern mm-hmm. Colorado. But that's because I feel like there's so many amazing moms and sons and how we're just go-getters, you know. Mm-hmm. So I love that we have two chapters now. And we're going to be following in your footsteps. But I'm super excited because there just seems like this big interest. And for me to make the decision in doing something like this and working with my son, I mean, it was a no-brainer for me because I just thought, you know, once he reaches, I mean, you already go through the middle school stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And you're just like, oh gosh, sometimes he loves to be with me. Sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes he'll Mm -hmm. give me a hug. Sometimes he won't. And you're kind of grasping at any kind of thing that you can stay connected with your son. And I was so excited to see that this was just Mm -hmm. particularly for moms Mm -hmm. and their sons, because I feel like once they reach college age, there's no guarantee they're coming back. I feel like maybe you can guilt your daughters a little bit more. Mm-hmm. The sons, they might not come back. And like, this is the last time I feel oh, like yeah. we're going to have this special time For where sure. they're under our roof and that we can serve together. So I'm super excited. I'm really excited that there is going to be this other chapter. But I want to hear the journey of your chapter because it's going to add to my excitement of what we're bringing here to Northern Colorado. And so sixth grade Yes, you were totally jumping the gun, which is amazing. But you probably worked on it for a while and then were ready to just launch for when your son was going into the ninth grade, when he was an eighth grader. So, I mean, that's like, what, two-ish years that you spent time working on that? Yeah, and I think, you know, we have a unique fiscal year. Our fiscal year starts actually May 1st. Okay. So it wasn't until like the fall before that eighth grade year where – I started really pinning down my friends and saying, okay, you are now VP of membership. Uh And I just started signing people roles. We had to go through the entire articles of incorporation, filing with the secretary of state, becoming a 501c3. You know, it was like setting up any sort of nonprofit. I mean, the lucky thing is that National already had the framework, so we just had to basically execute on it. But it still took time. Yeah. Membership drive, as we currently do it now, typically starts in February. So again, we had that fall kind of runway. And then in February, we were able to start the recruiting, getting information meetings, you know, at the local libraries, trying to get the word out. And in our charter year, they do recommend you not only bring in the freshman incoming class, but also a sophomore incoming class just to have a bit more critical mass, Mm -hmm. right? And so we went and did that and we're off and running that May of 2015. So you are now going into the fourth year. So yes, your my son, son is a is senior. Be, yeah, as a senior. Yes. So tell me what it's like being in there. Like what started off in the freshman year? What did you guys do? And how did it grow throughout now this being your fourth year? I think every year, especially, and we definitely saw it this year, word of mouth is getting out there. And that's been our biggest way to promote the organization. But as you said earlier, we've gotten to the point where we had to turn away like a bunch of boys and moms Mm -hmm. this year. And so because of that, we're starting the new chapter. So that part's been exciting. But in the beginning, (laughs) I still remember my VP of membership and I, we had posted a little like local event in the Colorado News because they do the calendar for free. It was at the downtown library and we were like, we didn't ask for RSVP, so we had no idea if 100 people may show up. We had no clue. So we go there and we had our waters and we had a refreshment table set up and one person walked in the room. Oh my goodness. And her and I were like, oh my God, this, why is this so hard? You know? And so 
we started from that to, like I said, we had to turn away families this year, wow. which was so hard. And every year we walked that fine line of, okay, we don't want to recruit too much, but we want to recruit enough. <laughs> and it was, we never wanted to turn away folks because mm-hmm. in our organization, we do, the sweet spot is 25. Okay. So we bring per in class. 25 per class. Uh-huh. And so every spring we bring in that new freshman class. And the reason for that is because both the sons and the mothers hold positions within the organization. So the idea is that if we get over 20, or or I'm sorry, 25, 30, pushing 35, those positions then become shared. And that experience for that young man or for that mother becomes a bit diluted Mm -hmm. because you're like no longer president, but maybe you're a co-president because you're sharing the role. And so the idea too is to present leadership opportunities for these young men and to see them start off freshman year where they all want to be on a committee because all they want to do is come to the meeting early and set up chairs (laughs) (laughs) to by senior year they're like I want to be president or I want to be VP give me that leadership role it's amazing to see that evolution yeah so yeah so give me some idea of or give our listeners I guess an idea of what do you do in the meetings? I know that there are some boys meetings and mm-hmm. there are some moms meetings. Correct. So what are some of the things that you found work and that you found that the boys are really excited about? Let's talk about the boys first. Sure. So just kind of taking a step back, giving you the big picture where YMSL really has these three pillars we usually speak about. The philanthropy, which is the service part of it, which is our big main thing. There's the education component, which are as you just mentioned, the boys' meetings and the moms' meetings, and then there's the leadership. But speaking specifically to education, the boys do have seven meetings throughout the school year. We usually kick those off in August, and it is once a month for maybe an hour where they get together. They do run their own meetings. The mothers are there. A few of the mothers that are on the boys' committees will be there present to guide them Mm -hmm. and make sure they stay on track, but otherwise the boys do run their own meetings. And National gives us a four-year curriculum where they present themes. So, for example, and this is probably not accurate, but it gives you a good idea. Like, for example, the first August theme may be social, social skills. And so the boys' meetings are hosted separately. So the freshman boys and the senior boys and the junior, they have their own separate meetings. And it's meant to be more age-appropriate. So freshmen's might be, I think one we've done is, making a good first impression. So they've had a speaker come and just talk to them about what it means to make a good impression, that firm handshake, the eye contact, all of that, right? But then the skill that maybe the sophomore learns may be more about interviewing skills, Mm because by that age, they might be, you know, starting to get a job and they teach them about appropriate interviewed skills and then all the way up to different topics for seniors. So they're age appropriate topics and we really encourage our young men to kind of drive that planning Because at the end of the day, it's them sitting in that meeting room on a Sunday afternoon or evening, and we want them to be engaged, we want them to be interested. You know, uh, some of the more interesting ones I've heard, for example, is when they get an opportunity to go out and do something. You know, rather than sitting in a chair and just listening to a speaker, they want to be engaged, they want to go actually do something. So one of the ones that our freshman class did, I think it was a couple years ago, was they found at the King Supers on JFK Parkway, there's a meeting room upstairs. I didn't know that. <laughs> so they invited a speaker from Project Self-Sufficiency uh-huh. who focuses on mostly mothers, but there's fathers in there who are single parenting and just raising kids and, and trying to get by. And so they invited a single mother from Project Self-Sufficiency, and she came and talked about 
her struggles of what she has to go through day to day trying to feed her family and work and, and manage home life and all of that. And so after that, the boys each were split up into groups of three or four, and they were given $10. And they were asked to walk around King Supers and plan a healthy meal for a family of four with $10. Wow. Holy cow. So it was like this learning experience for them to kind of go and really try to, to make that happen. Right. Something tangible to do after, not just right. sit and listening. Right. right. And so then afterward, they all came back to the room, and they all talked about their challenges, and then they presented all that food to that single mom who was there. Wow. So, and again... I don't know, you know, it wasn't a mother who guided that. I think some of the kids came up with that idea. Oh, my and they, goodness. Some of the upper class, um, oh, okay, I'll say some of the previous classes did do something similar, but they didn't mm-hmm. invite the speaker. So they had taken it kind of one right, step beyond. Right. But they do things like that. I know one of my son's favorite, one of his most favorite talks was we had a neighbor of ours, actually. He works for the FBI. And he talked about his path, about how he kind of got to where he is today, because he started out wanting to be a doctor and then he thought he'd be a lawyer and then he just you know kind of talked to I mean he literally had no slides nothing just sat on a table in a room of 20 boys and had them fully engaged for like an hour and it's just good perspective for the boys to get to hear that from other people right Mm -hmm. not mom or dad so they've had all kinds of different speakers anything from meeting at the auto mechanic shop to Mm -hmm. learn how to change a flat tire because you know when they're sophomores and they're getting their licenses those are things they're going to need to learn life skills my senior class had a cook-off event where they met at a mom's house a very brave mom who opened up her kitchen (laughs) and said here's your ingredients go to town so they were split into groups and they had to cook a dinner to impress and then the moms had to judge you know so again they're going off to college what are some things they can learn to put together a meal right Now, did you foresee some of these things? Because previously, I mean, you just heard about this, right? I mean, from your contact, was it your Mm sister-in-law in in Dallas? Mm -hmm. And could you have foreseen that this was the type of things and the type of activities? And do you sit and talk to your son after? Or are you attending all these meetings and actually watching it? Or does your son openly talk to you about his experiences and share some stories with you? Yeah, so the beautiful thing, like I said, With an organization that's been around since 2001, when Plano, Texas was their first chapter, is that they have everything documented. Mm -hmm. So I, at any point, could have gone to the national website and gone to their meeting ideas folder and seen what's worked. Wow. So, like I said, it's been amazing to be able to just leverage those learnings because we're not starting over here. I mean, it's easy because you truly are just executing on what's already worked. Right. So we leverage that a lot. But again, the boys, through word of mouth, from class to class, or they'll say, oh, my God, this speaker's amazing. You have to use him next year. Because I saw my neighbor at another meeting, and I'm like, what are you doing here? He goes, <laughs> the sophomore class wanted me to talk, Aww. you know? So, and definitely, the young men, I think as they mature and get older, they will start to talk and engage a little bit more. Sometimes through our newsletters, we do weekly emails to the entire membership base. So moms get an idea, too, of what the boys, who their speakers are, what they're going to do that week. Exciting. I am so excited for this. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Okay. So we talked a little bit about the education for the boys. What about Mm -hmm. the education for the moms? So the moms also, as a member, is required to attend three out of five meetings. So we only do five. I think it's usually September, October, November. We skip December Mm -hmm. just because it's crazy. And then we come back and we do January, February, and the moms are done. 
but our meetings actually tend to be more social. We do cover business items, so we will go through and say, okay, hey, don't forget, this is coming up, or make sure your sons are getting your hours, you know, so we kind of go through the regular business of a nonprofit, but then we quickly switch gears and we'll bring in speakers, and again, there is a mom's committee, so as a mom in the organization, you also will get a role, whether it be a committee or a chairperson or leading the banquet committee, but your role then on the mom's committee is to help not only prepare the refreshments and set up the meeting, make sure the venue's ready, but also invite the speaker. So we've had everything from your standard kind of college prep, what do we need to be thinking about now, to mindfulness. We've had a chef come talk to us about simple cooking meals for busy moms. Mm -hmm. You know, many of us are all juggling, obviously, the kids and then everything else. So various topics, but we typically do a little bit of a social hour because we're, you know, we need that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then we do business and then we do a speaker. And the topics vary depending on whatever mom's committee and whatever themes or connections people have in the community. I know you're talking about it. I'm like, I have somebody for that. Oh, perfect. And I'm going to reach out for that. Perfect. And like, I already have people like speakers popping into my okay. mind left and right. You need to join the mom's committee then. <laughs> Here's something you might not know. NOCO FM is also a podcast network producing one-of-a-kind programming like the show you're enjoying right now. We have talk shows, original comedy, music shows curated by real people, and a lot more. So if you like what you're hearing, make NOCO FM a part of your day and tell your friends. Remember, that's www.noco.fm. Okay, so... What about the philanthropy leg? Mm -hmm. Talk to me about that. So that by far is, you know, why we're here. When we talk about philanthropies, we are leveraging the nonprofits that are already here in our community. So we currently have about 25. The way we bring on a philanthropy is we actually have to get them approved by our national organization. And there are certain criteria they look for. We want to make sure that nobody has to go through any sort of rigorous background because we don't have the funds when they start. They're 14, 13 and 14, right? So we don't do the background checks. We want to make sure, I think for the most important one, which I've really learned to appreciate, is that National wants us to look at nonprofits where there's an opportunity for us, the mom and the son, to have a one-on-one relationship and have that social interaction. I mean, it's one thing to be like back in the warehouse at food bank, and that's needed, and we definitely have service opportunities for that. But it's when you're sitting on the ground at respite care playing a game with a child where you make those intimate connections and where you get the most benefit, Mm -hmm. right, where those feel-goods come in. Mm -hmm. So National looks for that too. So we have currently, like I said, 25 or so philanthropies in northern Colorado that we work with. They want us to cover a wide range from children, like Boys and Girls Club, Respite Care, to elderly. So Mm -hmm. Elder House is part of our organization, to homeless, Catholic Charities, Homeward Alliance, to Project Self-Sufficiency, and just covering a wide swath of our community. Mm -hmm. And as freshmen that come in, we encourage them to at least go to four different service organizations because it's when you kind of dabble a little bit with each so that you can figure out down the road maybe kind of where your passion is. Mm -hmm. 
every kid is different. I've got kids who love respite care and love spending time with those kids. And on the other hand, my son in particular, he loves Catholic charities and feeding and cooking Mm -hmm. in the kitchen, cooking food and serving food. So every kid's different, but we encourage them to try at least four different ones and then decide down the road. And how many hours do you have to serve with your son? 20 hours. So So 20 hours together. Yes, 20 hours of service, 10 of those together. Mm -hmm. So again, part of our mission is to foster mother-son relationships. And so that's why the 10 hours. And that's so true because I can see like if you took a group of moms and sons and it was something where the sons could break off and then they would have fun together and the moms would have fun together. That's so easy to do because Mm -hmm. we tend to migrate to our same age and, Mm -hmm. you know, having fun and talking. And sometimes Mm -hmm. what we want to talk about as moms aren't the same things that what the boys want to, or the Mm -hmm. young men, I should start to Mm -hmm. say. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, you know, it's so important to serve with your son. I mean, because you're right. That's exactly why we're doing this. And I took my son to Mexico, and we fit hearing aids there. And the thing that I loved was that we were paired together, and we worked Mm -hmm. on patients together. And the thing that I loved was... There's just something, I don't know how to explain it, but when you do either a mission or you serve together, there's something that bonds you and ties you together for a long time. And so I love to hear that YMSL National, because they're the ones that are approving the philanthropies, are really looking at opportunities for that time together. Because I feel like it could be so easy to just group the moms and the young men Mm -hmm. together and Mm -hmm. you really don't want to do that because it's not just about getting your hours in but it really is spending that time together and I think that's so important and I have one member and she was a founding board member with me she always describes her favorite part of doing the service with her son is that ride home where you have that just silence in the car and you just kind of wait for them to open up and just share kind of their thoughts their feelings you know just their experience and that's that's something that's priceless. Yeah. Okay. And you're saying that I'm laughing because I'm a talker. So like, you're <laughs> you like, you wait to... for that silence in the car. I'm like, um, right. You need to feel that, that silence. silence. <laughs> that silence. Yeah. But it is because they do become silent. You're right. But sometimes I try to generate the conversation, but you're right. It might be something mm-hmm. where I have to learn to just yeah. kind of sit back and see what they have to say because they do have things to say and mm-hmm. oh I can't wait for that I'm, I'm really excited for that so okay so tell me a little bit more about as far as some of the stories that you've experienced with your son or maybe that you've observed with the chapter with the different moms and their sons what are some of these stories that might stand out to you that you're like wow I mean if we never started this chapter here in Fort Collins like that would have never happened. And oh my gosh, like I will remember that for the rest of my life or my son will, or that family will, or, you know, what are some of the things that might come back to you that make you so thankful for starting this here? You know, I'll give a project that we do every year, an example. National has a program called Ultimate Gift. And it's named after a book by the same title by Jim Stovall, where a selfish grandson A grandfather passes away, and this very selfish grandson, his goal when he went to that meeting was, gimme, 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 what do I get from grandpa? Mm -hmm. And the way the story lays out is that every chapter of the book, there's the gift of friends and the gift of giving and the gift of work. And basically, this grandfather records a video and makes him go out and do these things for 12 months. 
and it talks about how the this grandson eventually evolves and has this heart of giving at the end so anyway ultimate gift happens every fall it's usually september october time frame and national encourages it to be across a chapter-wide event so nationally it's not like we do it all in the same weekend, but we all do it in the fall. Mm-hmm. In Colorado, we do it earlier because it's <laughs> snowing. Uh-huh. <laughs> but what we do is we pick one of our nonprofits and we do what we call a transformational impact, a positive transformational change for them. And in chapters in Dallas where there might be four or five chapters within a 10, 15 mile radius, that's their opportunity to all come together mm-hmm. and clean an entire downtown block or whatever it might be. In Colorado, we've been the only chapter, so I'm kind of excited. Down the road, we may have a partner here. But we've done things. The one that comes to mind is the first one we did was for a local nonprofit preschool. And they just had some things that had to get done to make their deck compliant for health and safety. And it was just something they could never get around to as a couple that basically ran the preschool. And so we went in there, and it's usually multiple days. So I think we ended up doing two weekends, four days total, where we went and the first weekend was all about cleanup. We hauled Mm -hmm. stuff down to the landfill. We hauled stuff down to recycling, you know, the tree barks and the landscaping material. But then the second weekend was all about building and redoing everything. We did the fences. We redid their garden. We rebuilt their deck to make it more safe for the kids. And it was a whole weekend of projects. And... We allowed members, if they wanted to, they could work eight hours that day if they wanted. Right. But it was an opportunity to really get to know some of the members and the boys who work side by side. They liked it because they got to use like hammers, uh, hammers and, yeah. and heavy machinery <laughs> right. or whatever. But I think what was neat was the owners then invited us back on that next school day to reveal to the kids their new playground. Oh. <laughs> And to have these little preschool kids come up and shake your hand and say, Aww. thank you so much for helping us here. We put in a new basketball backboard and that was like big deal, you know, but it was really great to be able to see it come full circle and right. have our boys there that afternoon right. to be able to see what their work had done. Wow. How do you see your own son transform through this process? So from freshman year to now, What are some of the changes that you've seen in your son grow? And I mean, I am convinced it's because of this. I mean, yes, friends, family, activities at school, school itself, yes. But everybody else gets that too. But what are some of these unique qualities that you have seen your son grow into because he has been part of this for four years? I think the biggest thing for him is, you know, as a freshman, and I could probably say this for many of the incoming freshmen, that when they're 13 and 14 and they're coming in here wide-eyed going, what did my mom just commit me to? (laughs) We went from like sorting cans at the food bank because that was easy and it was non-intimidating and not so scary. And, you know, it was fine to, it got to the point where when he started to drive, he would go by himself. Wow. He went and worked. We did a transformational gardening, entire landscape redo over at the Elder House. And I was sick that weekend. I couldn't even make it. And he was like, oh, I'll go. And he ended up staying extra hours because he's like, Mom, I was on a roll and we were digging trenches for the whatever he was doing. And to see him just kind of enjoy it, not because Mom is dragging me, but to see him enjoy it. And then when it comes to leadership, he's... A rather quiet, introverted kid. By the time it came to beginning of senior year, he applied to be president. He said, my mom started this organization. It makes sense for me to wrap it up. 
and take that leadership role. So I've enjoyed seeing that growth in him. And, you know, he never complains anymore. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Do you hear that, moms? Did you hear that? Like, (laughs) the son does not complain anymore. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And I think my biggest hope is that having this last four years Mm -hmm. inspires him to have that heart of service in the future. And, you know, and, and whether that be in college or maybe after he graduates college and he's in a profession and he kind of continues that. So that is my goal. We'll see what happens. But I do know I've kept in touch with uh, last year was our first year where we graduated a senior class. Wow. Right. And because your freshman, you came in as a freshman, but you had a sophomore class. Correct. Correct. Yep. correct. And so my sophomore class was in it for three years. Yep. Right. So when they graduated, one of them reached out to me this year and said, hey, I'm applying for this position at college for an organization where they are doing service. And Mm -hmm. it was a leadership role, and he wanted me to be his reference. So to just see that they've taken it to heart and are continuing it makes me happy. What is your son going to do? Like, does he know what he wants to go into college for? And is he kind of planning certain things, or... Where is he right now? He does. It, it took a little bit. And, you know, now that you asked the question, I wonder if some of it had to do with some of his service experience. But he's pursuing a degree in biomedical engineering. He's not so much the doctor who's going to sit down one-on-one and have this conversation. But he's the guy who wants to probably be in the back room doing research and coming up with new inventions or new drugs or whatever. So mm-hmm. I think that's that sense of wanting to help and improve and better is in him. Okay, so I have to also ask, you also have two others. I do. And I was thinking about Young Men's Service League, and I was thinking, why is there not a Young Women's Service League, number one? And you have a third, and he's a son, right? Mm -hmm. Are you planning on doing this with your younger son? And where's your daughter fit in all of this? Like, Does (laughs) she just like, hey, what is there for me to do? And do you also do things with your daughter? Yes, so it's interesting you ask because... In 2001, when Pam and her sister-in-law, Julie Rosner, started Young Men's Service League, it was because they both had daughters, oh. and they were involved with an organization called National Charity League. And National Charity League has been around, I think, since the 1950s. They've been around for 50, 60-plus years. And they asked that question, why am I doing this with my daughter, and yet there's nothing with my son? So that's why they started YMSL back in 2001. So there is an organization for mothers and daughters. There is a local Fort Collins chapter. Really? And my daughter and I are very involved. (laughs) So when you're ready, you let me know. They start earlier. They start, I believe, spring of sixth grade. And so you join as a seventh grader and you commit for six years. Okay, that is good to know. So we will have you come back and talk about that. (laughs) I'll find you somebody. That is really good to know because my daughter definitely has a heart to serve. She's constantly coming up with different creations. Like she is dying to just serve. Like she has that servant heart. So I was thinking about that going, oh, you know, I'll I'll find something. Oh, yeah. No, there is. There is NCL. And what's neat about 
the two organizations now is we often partner up. Oh, really? And so, yeah. So we'll do respite care night or we'll do respite care is always in need of volunteers in the summer for their summer camps. And so it's not uncommon when I show up and volunteer that there's YMSL boys and there's the NTL girls. And, wow. You know. They're, oh, my gosh. That is so good yeah. to know. Yeah. Okay. And so it's going to be when she is in sixth grade? I believe so. Okay. That's your first Which year. Which she's going to enter in. Mm-hmm. Okay. Perfect. Mm-hmm. So we've got a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, she's going to be all over that. And that makes me feel so much better. Yes. Wow. Good to know. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. No, it's been great. And even when my daughter was, before she joined NCL, she said to me, she said, can I just shave my head and be a boy and join oh. YMSL? <laughs> and so she too, sounds like your daughter, just has this heart for service and, and specifically with the little kiddos. And she will spend days at summer camp mm-hmm. with them because that's kind of where she gets yeah. her fuel. Well, and that's the thing too. You know, I invited some families that I knew that had boys, but I feel awful because the ones that have girls... <laughs> You know, I was like, I'm sorry, I don't really know. But this is why I'm doing this show. It's kind of a selfish reason because I want to learn what's going on that Mm -hmm. people are doing good in this world. So I'm kind of just sharing it as I learn, you know. So that is awesome. Oh, I'm so glad Mm -hmm. I asked you that question. Yes. Oh, I'm so excited. Okay. So what would be one piece of advice that you can give or share with our listeners on how they can make this world a better place? You know, I don't think you need to join an organization. I mean, I think YMSL just provides that framework and that maybe perhaps a little accountability to go out and do it. But I think when it comes to service, for those of you who've never done it, I mean, I would say just go, go do it. There's always a need in the community and that feeling you get when you're done or that day or when you've made that connection with that one person is indescribable. I mean, it makes you happy. It makes you feel good. It makes you feel connected to the community. So I would just say if service is something or volunteerism is something you want to try, just go out and do it. I mean, I know it's taking that first step oftentimes is the hardest, but you won't regret it. And maybe find a friend and do it with Mm -hmm. them for Mm -hmm. that little bit of accountability. But I love how you said that you don't need to be part of an organization. You just Mm -hmm. have to take that first step. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you. Is there anything else that you want to cover that we didn't cover on YMSL? You know, I think just one stat I'll share with you mm-hmm. at a local level. As I mentioned, YMSL is national, right? So we have currently, we're now in 14 states, which there's a lot of potential for growth. That's what I see mm-hmm. when I hear 14, but we have 92 chapters, a lot of them in Texas, because again, that's where it all started. Fort Collins or Colorado, hopefully, we'll have two here soon. And actually, I've talked to somebody else recently in the Louisville great Broomfield area so we might have a third here very soon but in terms of the local impact that our chapter has had because we've got banquet coming up I did get some numbers from the current president so from the time that we started in 2005 till today we have provided um, 11,800 plus hours of service to our local community and done three transformational impact projects over the last three years so I think that just fuels us for want to do more, right? Mm-hmm. And to the excitement of bringing on a second chapter to be able to fill more of that need is is pretty amazing. Oh, well, thank you so much. Thank you. you I sure had such thing. a great time talking to you and just learning about this too as we step into fulfilling this new chapter and for the pioneers that went before us because you guys have done some great work here and I feel like it's going to be so much fun to partner in different things as well. So I'm so excited. So thank you. So are we. You're welcome. 
Thank you so much for tuning in to Connecting a Better World, and thank you, NOCO FM, for supporting this show. If you haven't heard, NOCO FM is dedicated to bring diverse voices and spotlighting a unique culture to Fort Collins and beyond. For more information, please visit www.noco.fm. If you connected to something in this episode, we would love to hear from you. Our contact info will be listed in the show notes, as well as you can reach us on our social media channels. Please feel free to share our podcast with your friends and loved ones. For more shows, please tune in to noco.fm online. This has been a production of NOCO-FM.